welcome to Blaze Pod. My name is Ben. It's Tuesday, the 26th of November. Joining me to talk about a wild game at Bramall Lane, it's Andrew. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm great as well. I think uh, as much as I kind of would have liked to maybe launch into this yesterday, I think having a day to process that game was probably for the best. It was. I think I might need a month, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, you could probably talk about the game almost in real time in terms of like how long we could spend talking about it. it was yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy one. I was I was trying to think. You know, I mean, we talked last week about best games, um, best United games of the decade that we've been at, and I think this is a late a late entry into that conversation, if not uh, if not kind of going into the top three, but. Yeah, I mean, we won it, we lost it, and then we drew it. How uh, how, how did you feel at full-time? I was related bang on full-time because I just didn't see us getting back into it. As like the, the hours passed, I started thinking, we should have won that, we should have. And I watched, I watched Match of the Day 2 back uh, yesterday morning. When Moose scores, it looks so easy, doesn't it? Like we're yeah. so in control. I think uh, Josh, John Street West Terrace on S2 Forum summed it up brilliantly. I'm going to nick his quote here. He said... I feel like I've had my pocket pinched, but I've got half a money back. <laughs> Which I think that just sums it up. Yeah, I feel like sort of gutted but relieved at the same time. Yeah, that's that's a really really good analogy. Actually, I'm I'm actually more I'm more happy now I think than I was at the time, and I, I was yeah. very happy. But I, I do still. Uh, you're right. It, it, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Like, we are genuinely a little bit disappointed that we didn't beat Manchester United and. All right, there's there's a lot of question marks about Manchester United, and we, I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about some of them in uh, in a fair bit of detail coming up. But it is still Manchester United. They still have you know an incredibly explosive attack, as we talked about. They have you know what is it 130 million of new defenders signed in yeah, this summer. Yeah. They have the you know, ostensibly the best goalkeeper in the world, or certainly you know in in the top three. It's a very, very good team, or it should be a very good team based on the players they've got. And they yeah. said on Sky before, I think it was Sky before, or it might have been Talksport, and they said that they spent more money this summer than Sheffield United have ever spent. <laughs> I can believe it. I think they were the biggest spenders, weren't they? Also, yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, certainly up there just on those two players. But yeah, I want to. I want to just sort of set the scene before we talk about the game itself, because I I said this to you yesterday, but I, I didn't really. I didn't really realise that I'd care about this going into the season, but it is a nice thing. This this global audience mm. loving for the Blades that's kind of cropped up in the last couple of months or so. I mean, it's it's incredible. You know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just find it incredibly gratifying in a way. You know that we're not only sort of upending people's um, preconceptions about how we play and what you know Sheffield United are like and the style of football and how we're going to do in the Premier League, but it's like a winning of hearts and minds. I mean, you know, you watch. I watched like uh, Monday Night Football last night. Carragher's raving about us. You know, Sooness said that we. What did he say? He said we were like Barcelona at times, the way we were playing in like tight spaces and stuff. And yeah, he said he wanted a season ticket. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, yeah. It's. I mean, you know, you obviously rather. Win, I'd rather, always rather be successful than than like widely loved. I think as a yeah you know, at the football team, but. When the two go side by side, it is quite gratifying, I think. And obviously, you must see this quite a lot as well, you know, doing your, your views from opposition yeah. fans and stuff. But Well, I'm going to try and get a neutral view tomorrow. I mean, I'm a little bit busy at the moment, but I'm, I'm going to try and get a neutral view tomorrow because I did see a few things. And it's a, it's, a, it's a bit like sort of fishing for compliments in a way. But hmm. I just think it's nice to see what other fans are saying because pretty much all of them. I mean, the only things we're getting is... They're going to run out of steam, and you know, and maybe we will. I don't know, but at this particular moment, 
it's just incredible. I think you said before that we were going to be the hipster team this season. Mm. I think we've gone above that. We're, we're, we're like a hipster team that are also top of the charts. So yeah, with a, with this, a mainstream hipster team. Yeah, mainstream hipster, which, which you don't often get. I think just looking at the comments on Twitter from like of Jeff Stelling and uh, Jay Humphreys and Dan Walker and you know pundits and stuff who probably didn't know much about us before this season, maybe, maybe a bit harsh on Stelling largely, but... That just praising us like so much. It is nice to see, and it is you can't get away. I'm not a big, despite the fact what I do with the view from. I'm not one of these sort of people really who like. Oh, everyone needs to love us. I'm not a Wednesday fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the same time, when you see people with like a, a good standing in the game, not just players but pundits and you know people who have uh, got a lot of respect, and just seeing them what they're saying about it is definitely sort of yeah hit, hits hits your heart. You know, warm warms your heart. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you've got blooming flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> did you see this? Just yeah, I did. Just tweeted, yeah. up the blades, Sheffield, greasy chip butty with three exclamation marks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, always like to. Um, and yeah, and I think I think also it's sort of, um, so we were the only Premier League game on Sunday. Uh, it was obviously a 4.30 kickoff. Um, so, you know, kind of, kind of prime time global audience sort of slot, I think. Um and yeah, it, it kind of hit me, you know, not only that we've played really well and got a point against Man United and, you know, last minute equaliser, drama, that kind of thing. But to do that on a sort of on that global stage and anyone who's just like casually watching a game of football on a Sunday because it's the only game of football that um, that's taking place in the Premier League, they'd be like, flipping heck, these, you know, what a great game that was. That yeah. was like incredibly exciting the atmosphere was great as well i thought it's a sellout uh you know it's it's bramall lane under lights because uh yeah 4 30 kickoff as i said and it just it just sort of struck me earlier today that like that is the kind of game that we got promoted for you know that that's mm-hmm. the occasion we all wanted to be part of in it and i don't i don't totally remember us having a moment like that um the last time we we're in the premier league i mean you could maybe say the arsenal game but this was this was on a completely different yeah. level, I think, of like the quality that we played and the sort of. Yeah, That's just... the thing for me. It's the quality. I think if we were just sort, of, if we would have drawn three through Man United and it had been sort of, we've been under the caution, took his chances. It's so brilliant, but it's a different feeling. It's just the fact how well we played for eighty minutes. People keep saying 60, 70 minutes. It were actually eighty, really, because the yeah. last ten I thought we were really good. Yeah, well, we were definitely, and yeah, we can come on to that for sure. I mean, you know. It, I'm sure some people might be like, oh, I don't care what other other fans of other teams or whatever, or what the media think about us. But I do think that this that it matters in terms of like the potential for the club and new That's players that. that we could sign and you know commercial opportunities and all this kind of thing to be exciting and you know to, to have these dramatic games and to compete with some of the best teams in the Premier League and to attack games and you know have our sort of a slightly because I think the so when people say like, oh, United are like the new Stoke, and it is obviously mm. a backhanded compliment, but I, the one thing I would pull out of that is I, I do think Stoke were a bit of a breath, excuse me, a breath of fresh air to the Premier League in terms yeah, of I their, agree. yeah, yeah. I used to love watching them hammer Arsenal. To be honest, yeah, no, I, I, they were. They, I always found them like really appointment viewing if they were going up a you know suppo- going up against a supposed big team um, mm. because of, because of the atmosphere at the games. I thought you know it was it was hostile and aggressive and. I think you know. I wouldn't say that we Bramall Lane is particularly hostile in terms of like you know it feels threatening or anything like that. But yeah. you know, people going bananas over winning goal kicks and flying into tackles and you know shepherding it out for a throw in that kind of thing. That yeah. 
it is a bit of a throwback atmosphere, I think. You know, it does make a lot of these home games feel like, well, what cup ties used to feel like, I suppose. And yeah, again, the you know, just putting out there the Sheffield United experience is, um, it can only be good for us, I think. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, it, I never expected it. I never expected to get this amount of praise. It's almost a bit unnerving <laughs> in a way <laughs> when you see everybody praises and the only sort of people who are sort of saying anything really are they're going to run out of steam. Well, we might do, but at this particular moment, you've got to enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I've had um, <coughs> I've had, had people from all kinds of other other teams messaging me basically saying you know great to watch and stuff as a I mean, so as a Norwich fan yesterday essentially said um you know I, I've, I've just accepted that you guys are not going to be in a relegation battle so you know I can now just sit back and enjoy watching you and not well, the, the guy who wrote that article um do you know the Norwich thing I shared uh, a couple of months ago I might have been a month ago who said that we were playing rubbish football and we were long ball and all this sort of stuff he actually tweeted me saying he got it wrong so, you know, fair play to him, you know, and I think there's a few people changing their minds and there's a lot of, obviously, the narrative in, in many ways when a promoter club goes up, especially one like us with a British manager, British players and how we used to play, people are going to expect a certain type of football, but I think we are just changing everyone's opinion. Yeah, and it is, uh, it's satisfying, like I say, not in a, um, you know, ha-ha, you're all wrong kind of way, but, you know, it's no, nice. no, no. It is nice to get that... Uh, Danny that... Mills, believe it or not. I heard Danny Mills having a go at uh, Garth Crooks for saying we were uh, a basic team. <laughs> <laughs> Swear down, honestly, that did happen. I was just like, is, is this Danny Mills? I actually checked. <laughs> it was him, so... Goldfish memory, obviously. Yeah. Right, let's uh, let's talk about the actual game then. So, the, team, the team's come in. I mean... I think you and you and I both expected that Egan would miss out. Just uh, the latest in a long line of player has a minor injury. You know, or Wilder's going, we'll give him every chance to be fit. And the translation is, yeah, you won't, yeah, see, he's him not playing. You won't see him for at least a week. Yeah. Um, so expected that one. And Jaggy Elka slotting in uh, made perfect sense. And obviously, um, obviously more coming in for Henderson as well. I mean, I don't... You know, so I think some people were a bit like, um, you know, maybe this is where Verips comes in, but I, I think more makes absolute sense. You know, he's played yeah. with the majority. He's played with what um, four out, uh, yeah, four out of the five that started at the in defence, if you like. Yeah, it'd have been a huge risk putting Verips in. I mean, some people may criticise him. We'll get onto it later, obviously, for the goals mm. and stuff. But I think it'd have been a massive, massive risk to put Verips in a game like that. Yeah, and and the other thing is, it's not like Moore's, you know, it's not like he's an 18-year-old making his first no. appearance or anything. I mean, he, <laughs> it was a big part of his getting promoted from League One. You know, he's he's played in Steel City Derby. He's made that massive save um, mm. in the uh, the first of the many nil-nil draws with Wednesday. So, yeah, yeah was was a logical inclusion. Now, Man United's team... Um, I was wondering how this would line up when I saw it. Uh, we talked last time, they they predominantly play a back four all the way through the season. I think I wrote this down, actually. They played, um, so a, as of now, so after this game, they've played with a back three for 132 minutes so far this season, according to understats. So it's about 10% of the time. So basically less than less than one whole game they've, they've played with a back three because they obviously flipped mm. away from it in this game. And so I thought, oh, when you see that those three centre centre-halves in the lineup, I thought maybe Phil Jones was going to play in um, in central midfield because they are, you know, Pogba's out, McTominay's out, uh, Matish has been out for ages, hasn't he? So yeah, I thought Jones in central midfield, oof, we'll have some of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then I'm, so, so I like to think I probably have a fairly in-depth knowledge of Manchester United's um, squad because um, I actually through work had to 
do a thing that um, basically went quite deep into their reserve lineup. So I have a fairly okay, good, yeah. I have a fairly good knowledge of their squad depth. I've never heard of Brandon Williams, even though I was working on something about two or three months ago. <laughs> I have never heard of this person. He broke um, through this, I think he made his debut in a Europa League game and did well and uh, has kept his place above Ashley Young for the most part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like. Oh, hang on! They're going to go with uh, you know essentially a novice at wing back. They're going to play Jones as part of a back three on that side as well, mm. and then you've got Fred and Pereira in central midfield. I mean, oof, that's that doesn't strike fear into me at all. I, yeah. I, I quite like that Pereira when I've seen him. He looks okay, but <coughs> I don't know. Is he? I don't feel like he's an upper Premier League player at all. No, not at all. I mean, he's, he's one of those uh, many players at Man United who's got potential, but will he fulfil it? Yeah. Um, so I was quite optimistic when I saw that um, the Manu lineup. Not, I mean, the thing is, is the, and I was kind of saying this during the game. It was like it's such malpractice that they're having to run out this Williams at left wing back. And as it happens, he did all right. He's got a, he's got a very good goal. I, I actually didn't think he had that much of a good game. Up and I, I thought his goal were good, obviously, but. I thought they got destroyed down that side. To be fair, yeah. That, to be fair, that is probably more accurate than what I just said. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm being slightly biased by the fact he scored a good goal. But but yeah, yeah Mar- we're a brilliant goal. In fairness to him, yeah. Yeah, but it's um. I mean, how have Man United got to that stage? That's well, that is essentially why they are where they are in the league and in terms of like the whole setup of the squad. I suppose. I mean. That's, that is just malpractice, I'm afraid, that they're having to yeah. start some of these players. They look at bench as well. I mean, they've got a lad called James Garner on the bench. On the bench, I've I've never heard of him. No, uh, that Twan Zabi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're on at Villa, weren't I? Yeah, I'm not totally convinced he's going to be a Premier League player. To be honest, Greenwood's yeah. Greenwood's obviously very young, very raw. Um, Lee Grant is that the Lee Grant? That's been around forever, the backup goalkeeper. Sorry, I just I only just noticed this. I didn't notice it at the time. Um, come on, Google, don't let me down here. I'll, I'll look that up while we're talking. Um, yeah, so I, I did think that's uh, yeah. Lee Grant has uh, been around. Sorry, this is boring. Maybe I'll cut this out. Yeah. He, he, he was uh, he, he played for Wednesday. Could have played 136 games for Wednesday. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. He's uh, yeah. Well, he's even older than me. He was playing for Derby in 2000. Um, so yeah, not totally sure how. I'm not totally sure how Man United's squad has ended up looking like this, apart from just years and years of mismanagement, I suppose. But my point was, this is a team that I, I felt we could definitely get at, and particularly down that left, as you kind of mentioned. And, and that's exactly what we did. I mean, I, yeah. I think more or less from kickoff, you know, McGoldrick's got the ball on the wing and he's crossing it in and De Gea's coming out to claim it and that kind of thing. But we just we were just all over them, weren't it? It was it was incredible to watch. Like one of the I think we said it well. I guess Burnley. We said that's probably the best, like best we've played for for ages. But this was up at those levels. I think. What was uh, what was your take on particularly that first half? I suppose. Yeah, I just thought you were incredible. I thought from literally the first minute. I expected us to start like that. I expected the first twenty minutes to to go at it like that. But to keep it up for that for as long as we did, and to be so. And on another day, we get three or four goals, don't we? Before half time, so. I can't I can't praise him enough. It wasn't just like the intensity and the aggression and stuff. It was the, what we were playing as well. We weren't just winning mm. the second balls and we outplayed him. We literally, there's no doubt, even any Man United fan will say we absolutely outplayed him for that first, particularly the first half, but for the first 60, 70 minutes. I, I can't praise him enough. I never expected us to go into a Premier League game this year against the top, they're probably going to finish top, at least top seven Man United and just dominate in the way that we did. Yeah, it was uh, it was beautiful to watch. I mean, Musa McGoldrick, you know, j- just that 
great partnership again, just uh, linking up and, and linking up with the rest of the team as well. Lundstrom and Fleck bombing on, centre-backs mm-hmm. getting forward as um, as they do. I enjoyed that being called out in... Uh, I don't know, did, did you see the start of Monday Night Football yesterday with Carragher? Talking I didn't. About? I've seen the clip after, but I didn't actually see the start of right. that. Yeah, well, it's just, I mean, it, it, you know, it was kind of a nothing incident in the game. It was just Lundstrom winning a free kick on the wing. But the way that, you know, the movement of the players, like, pulled Maguire and Lindelof, like, literally 40 yards away from each other. And, yeah. and you've got Basham driving into that space. He doesn't get the ball or anything like that. But having the, the confidence and the control that allows us to do that was, was fantastic. I mean... They do look unbelievably confident at the moment. I mean, mm. I think this is possibly the peak of the confidence. We could, we're trying little flicks, and this is Man United as well, remember? Yeah. If you remember earlier on in the season, we were quite tentative, I think, understandably yes. so. It's the first time a lot of these players have played in the Premier League. I remember that first game at Bournemouth where we were... I, saw, I, I don't think we played bad, but I'd say we probably sort of play within, within ourselves a little bit. Yeah. We did it, but now we, we we're playing like we're just playing a championship game every week, aren't we? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I know. I, I really do think it's chalk and cheese those first few games compared to now, for sure. Yeah, um, this is why people still hark back to that Southampton defeat, and on paper it's a poor result, but I just don't see us losing that game now. To be honest, at this particular moment in time. No, and and I think we. I mean, let's be right. We were unlucky to lose that. That's game true. That is time. true. That, yeah. that was one of the first times we like properly created chances. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back, back to the Manu game. I mean, uh, we saw the best of uh, David De Gea, uh, as you kind of yeah. expect. Uh, Lundstrom had that. Lundstrom's just like, <laughs> I just feel like he's going to score every time the ball comes near at the moment. I mean, he, yeah. I think he has the second highest uh, expected goals on our whole team at the moment, which is just a testament to the great positions that he's getting into. Yeah, um, the technique for that volley was fantastic. I saw. I, I don't even agree with this yesterday. It might have been. It was a Villa player. And the ball was a very similar situation, and he blasted it over the bar, and no one said what a bad. It just goes to show how good that was—the the technique to get that, you know, low. And it was a good save from De Gea to push it out as well. To be fair, yeah, and that was on his left foot again as well. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was a chipped ball from Fleck, and yeah, he just uh, just leathers it on the volley. Um, and yeah, maybe I think it, it probably one he should have saved De Gea, <laughs> but yeah, he still still had to get down to it. It was a well hit shot, and as you say, pushes it wide. Uh, yeah, I think it's the push that were good, but obviously we. Just to show how much on top we were and how much more aggressive we were than them, we still pick. It were, I think it was a decent save from De Gea. You can't blame him for you know he pushed it was a good distance. He pushed it out and then a minute later he's diving again because McGoldrick's. Yeah, well, not even that. It's like uh, it's well, about yeah, five seconds later, isn't it? <laughs> it basically goes straight to Stevens, who whips in a great ball to uh, his Irish teammate McGoldrick. And yeah, I don't know. Like so, at the time. I was like, that's an incredible save. And then I watched it again. I was like, oh, no, he's got to do better then. And then the more I've watched it, the more I'm siding with uh, that is actually a really, really good save. It's it's, it's, yet... it's a bit of both. It's one of them. Yeah. I and mean, we always say this. Billy Sharp would have scored it probably because that's his game. But it's not a horrendous miss or anything like that for me. McGoldrick, he always hits the target. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Like, he does. It's just one of those things. He did the right thing. He tries to edit back from where it came, which is obviously yes. what he's supposed to do. De Gea's going one way. He just didn't quite get enough on it, but it was a really good save. Just get up as well that quick. And yeah, my so my when I was in the kind of like oh he's got to do better mode, I was like oh he's just headed it straight at De Gea. But actually De Gea does stick out an arm, doesn't he? And yeah, he does. Yeah, and, and like I say, he just didn't get quite enough on it. Again, a, a, a natural goal scorer probably does score that. But if McGoldrick were a natural goal scorer, we said a million times, he'd be worth like. Nine hundred million pound. Do you see Jeff Stelling's tweet? 
No, I didn't. What was that? He said, who's this playing for Sheffield United at 17? Messi or McGoldrick? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have seen people talking about that. I didn't realise it was Jeff Stelling. That yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it was, I mean... You know, if you wanted to be uncharitable, you could perhaps say one of the best. Well, no, actually, I think you could say two of the best things McGoldrick did in this game. Uh, it didn't involve him actually touching the ball. Um, no. We'll come on to the second one in a bit. But first one was that dummy down the wing. Do you remember that? Lovely. Absolutely oh, brilliant, that. Just, yeah. And I love the crowd reaction to that as well. Like People were practically purring. You know, everyone was like, oh. Yeah, that that's not, it, wasn't, it wasn't a cheer, it was one of a, oh! <laughs> yeah, so good. I mean, I think it was Maguire, wasn't it? He'd gone up to like press him and he'd seen that, I think it was Musso was running beyond him when he just, yeah, just absolute class. Oh, yeah. love, love watching McGoldrick. He's, uh, yeah, he's, I, I don't care if he doesn't score this season. If, if we just if we keep playing like this and he keeps playing like this, then... Uh... He's going to end up getting player at season with no goals. And I think yeah. Ed said that on his podcast, to be fair, or one of them said it on that podcast. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be that unfeasible, would it? <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's probably Lundstrom right now, but... Yeah, yeah it just carries on. I was thinking, I actually... actually... Possibly Fleck. I think Fleck will oh, be yeah. again. I was thinking the the Moose uh, McGoldrick partnership. So that started the first time they both started together was the Arsenal game, I think, wasn't it? We've not lost since. We've not lost, but we've also scored quite a lot of goals. So they didn't start together at West Ham. So lob that one out. Although obviously yeah. it comes on and scores. So yeah, if you just take those four games that they've started together: one against Arsenal, three against Burnley, one against Spurs, three against Man United. So that's eight goals in four games. And then another the that it could have easily been twelve, thirteen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, how many goals have we scored? Full stop, 16. So, yeah. Well, this is what I'm about to say. I mean, there games. are a lot of talk after the Watford game in particular. And I think we even we were saying it that it, the, the worry was we weren't creating enough chances. Mm-hmm. This was obviously McGoldrick weren't in the team at this point and Moussa weren't in the team at this point. And we, was, we weren't creating enough chances. We were defensively really sound, really good. But we needed to take the chances that we did create because we weren't creating many. We've now scored seven goals in the last three games. Yeah, it's not Which bad, is, is it? No, and we've scored more goals now than Norwich and Villa. I think it's maybe not Villa, actually, because they've got five against Norwich. But basically, all the teams that we were looking at saying, oh, they've scored more than us, we're now ahead of them. You know, and our goal difference is absolutely fantastic compared to the teams yeah. below on the uh, most part. Teams we've scored more than Brighton, Everton, Southampton, Norwich, Palace, Newcastle, Watford. So you've got the bottom three there, but then, you know, Palace are doing well for themselves. Everton are creeping up the league. Brighton have had a fantastic start. Um, and our, our XG has crept up as well. I know that you know some people aren't that bothered about this, but I think we were 19th for a while. We're now up to 16, so it's kind yeah, of... Yeah, uh... I'm not surprised about that at all because we've been creating some in- incredible chances, haven't we, since, since the yeah. Arsenal game, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, we, we find, <laughs> finally... It was like the 18th minute, wasn't it? But it, it felt like this was definitely a goal that was coming, I think, mm-hmm. um, the, the opener. Um so a, a long pass from uh, no, well, I think you can call it a, a long ball, can't you? It's a, it's a go and go and chase ball for um, yeah, for Musa into yeah. the channel. Now Musa had already gone up against Jones, who was playing left centre back, and and left him on the floor. And yeah. Jones very fortuitously, I thought, got a free kick out. Inexplicably, of it. I'd say. But <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, Moose weren't going to get the ball because I think Maguire was there anyway. So. Yeah, I don't think it were a pen, but I don't certainly don't think it were a foul. I were amazed because yeah. he blew, and I thought, well, it's a pen if anything. 
Yeah. And then now it's gone the other way. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah, that that was really baffling and and a bit of a an early warning to Jones as well. I think I have a pretty low opinion of Phil Jones to be honest. Um, as a footballer, I, I think you're along with most Manchester United fans. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think this was his first start of the season, wasn't it? So it was a bit or in the Premier League anyway. Um, so a little bit out of necessity, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah so, so we we kind of had that warning, but then yeah, the, uh, Norwood plays this long ball over the top, which is very much a you know it wasn't a clearance, was it? It was like. One Muse one on one against uh, Jones, and I don't mm. care that Jones has got a ten yard head start. I'm going to hit this down the line, and yeah, Muse obliterates the head start. Yeah, dumps Jones on the floor. I mean, did it ever cross your mind that that might be a foul? Purely, I don't think it was a foul, but purely because of what's gone against us this season and some of the strange decisions you do see, especially in the Premier League, and it were Man United that were it. It wasn't a foul. I've seen some people back from Manchester United, you know, just talking to a few neutrals at work and even Wednesday fans saying, oh, you were lucky to get away with that. I was like, we really, really weren't. And I'm not I'm not saying I know more than anyone else about football, but I just don't see how you can even consider that being a foul. No, not a chance. Be uh, be better as a defender. Be stronger. Yeah, be stronger. Kick it out. Yeah, you're a, you're a centre-half. Like, that's that's your, your job to kind of stand up to, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder challenges yeah. like that. So Moussa just shrugs him off. Um, Lundstrom bombs into the box. Hits a good shot, which uh, um, De Gea, again, I think this is a much better save than I initially thought. I thought Lundstrom had hit it straight Brilliant at him. Brilliant save, yeah. Yeah, flicks yeah. out a leg and saves it. And it ricochets back to uh, to John Fleck, who knees it into the net. I'm not sure how much he knew about it, whether it was the, the most controlled need finish of all time or what. But Yeah, yeah. I thought we were going wide as well. He was bouncing like a little bit, and I thought, oh, ah, get in. Mm. <laughs> And we were right right in the line uh, of the ball creeping into the corner of the net. So, yeah, Bromelain erupts and, yeah, just, just fully fully deserved, I think, for um, the way we'd started that game. And then for the rest of the half, I mean, I was watching, um, I watched the, the sort of extended highlights back uh, this morning on uh, on United's YouTube. And there's there's bits where we're just, I mean, I think the crowd actually started Olaying at one point. Where yeah. We're just like knocking it around the the right wing, and it's like you know, it's Baldock, McGoldrick, Lundstrom, Basham, all interchanging, and then we lose it at one point, and McGoldrick wins it back immediately, and yeah. we're off again, and, and it ends up getting, I think it ends up with a cross from Baldock that um, that gets cleared for a corner by Wan Bissaka, and the camera cuts to him as he clears it, and he's like turns around wild eyed, like what the hell's going on? Like, yeah. How am I supposed <laughs> to defend against this? Yeah. How, I mean, that for me was one of the most gratifying things I've seen since the game. Yeah, is... yeah. I mean, the only thing is, obviously, going into half-time, the only thing, I text a friend and I said, just a little bit worried it was 1-0, because Man United surely can't play that badly again. That, mm. You know, in the, fir- in, in the second half as the first half, and surely our energy levels will drop. But how can you fault that, you know? On another yeah. day, we're 3-0 up and deserved it. I don't think any Manchester United fan would even dare say that we didn't deserve it. Yeah, we had uh, McGoldrick had a good long shot from uh, sorry shot from long range. Then there was um, it was that free kick as well that uh, Jones. To be fair to him, basically saved a goal. I think he did. Just... That was that's going in. That Jack O'Connell weren't it coming in? Yeah, he just managed to flick it away for another corner. But yeah, it was just a blitz. I mean, yeah, so so enjoyable to watch. So what did Man U do at halftime? They they yanked off Phil Jones for Jesse Lingard, which is. <laughs> I can't remember ever being so gutted at an opposition player getting substituted yeah. as I was at that one. I was like, "Oh, what have they done that for?" Mm. I mean, yeah, fair play to uh, fair play to Ole for recognising just how terrible it was. But I mean, I think we might have ended Phil Jones's career 
to be honest. I'm not sure it comes back from... United should have been ended a while ago, to be honest. Do you know, we're in the England squad for the World Cup. I know, God. He's not for Jags yet, isn't he? Getting a recall. He's younger than you think, Jones. Yeah, he's only 27. He's been around for ages. I'd have got him in at least 31, but... Yeah, he was he was proper young when Man U signed him. I think he was only about eighteen or something like that. Uh, he's seventeen, in fact. I think. Or he might have just turned eighteen. Um, yeah. So, God, that's mad, isn't it? Like, what is he? I don't understand what he's doing playing in the Premier League. Never mind for, no. for Man United. And again, I think that comes back to uh, how they've run their club over the last few years. But yeah, that, that's pretty embarrassing, isn't it, to get uh, get hooked at half time. Yeah, um, I mean they got rid of Smallin and kept Jones, which is insane, really. And I don't uh, think Smallin's amazing, but the fact that they had both of them was pretty bad. To be honest. <laughs> very, very, very. very <laughs> um, yeah. I should just say actually, Manu Manu posed almost literally zero threat in that first half, didn't they? I mean, yeah, you do know because I told you, but they had one single shot in the whole of the first half. Yeah, and it was a comfortable save. Very comfortable save for Simon Moore. I think it was. Uh, was it Martial or was Martial? It yeah, just a yeah. turn and a shot. Yeah, and, and and yeah, basically, Moore just had to sort of uh, topple over and get both hands on it and stop it comfortably. Mm. I mean, that is that is embarrassing. I mean, I, I sort of, I think if this had finished three two to Man United, you know, I could hear the Man U fans like singing Solskjaer's name and stuff at that point. Mm. I was like, no way, you need to move on from this guy immediately. They do, they really do. It's ridiculous that Solskjaer's in charge of a club like Manchester United. And no offense, I, I like the guy. I thought he was really complimentary after. And you know, he seems like a good, but he, he's out of his depth. I mean, to be fair, it goes it goes further than Solskjaer. But it does, yeah. Because that is going to take a while to rebuild that that team. And yeah. they really need to be sensible. They can't just keep buying your likes of Pogba's and spending billions on Aaron Maguire and play. I mean, as good as like Aaron Maguire is, it needs a, a proper rethink. Yeah, I, I was a bit um, again on Monday Night Football last night. Um, Neville's going. Uh, Solskjaer needs to be selfish in January. He needs to spend the club's money for him, like to protect himself almost. I was like, oh, that's not a good way to run the club. No, no. he seems desperate, doesn't it, rather than anything else. Yeah, and yeah, maybe maybe putting the manager's interest, like the manager's short-term interests over the future of the club by spending another I just find it insane that we've got Arsenal, Man United, two massive clubs, both got managers who shouldn't be there at Mm. all. And and to a lesser extent, Everton as well. I mean, West Ham, Pellegrini on paper, brilliant record. It's just not worked out. But to have those two clubs, Arsenal and Man United, with two managers that I won't want. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sheffield United. It just it tells you everything. Yeah, they're, they're just drifting, aren't they? It's, it's yeah. just week to week, and yeah, they, they may well still be able to finish in the top six, both of them, as it happens. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, bit of a mess. So. Yeah, half-time, Lingard comes on for Jones, so they, they go back to uh, their established back four, I guess. It was more of a 4-3-3 at that point, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, still Fred and Prayer in <clears> midfield, but it didn't really change anything in terms of the flow of the game, and, and sure enough, we, we cut through them with a, a goal every bit as incisive as the ones we scored against Burnley um, in the mm. previous home games. I mean, just it, it, almost, it reminded me a lot of that third goal that Flex scored, actually, where um, <clears throat> Mousse wins it for the, with a bit of pressure on the halfway line. And then Fleck is, is the other way around this time. Fleck plays this through ball. But, yeah, this is the the other thing I wanted to mention with McGoldrick. I mean, yeah, he, the run. He, he makes the run, which pulls Maguire and I think uh, possibly Lindelof as well over. I think, yeah, because Lindelof was playing on the right, I think, of the two. 
So they both end up going towards McGoldrick and uh, Fleck and Musa see the space, slip the ball through, and then just incredible from Musa. I mean, you know, everything about it, the movement, the speed, the touch, and then the finish as well from, you know, to beat a keeper like De Gea from 20 yards like that on the run, magnificent. And I I I think that's probably our best goal of the season. Mm, may well be. I'm, I'm just trying to think. Of... Just because the pass were fantastic, the run from Didzi were amazing. The finish is ridiculous. It's just like almost three players there, just at peak form, really. Yeah, and I think Musa is now he's now outscored his whole time at Bournemouth, which is uh, which is nice to see. And, uh, and yeah. probably, probably should have had an assist. I don't think he gets credited with an assist for the first goal because obviously it went to Lundstrom and then uh, his shot was saved. But yeah, I, I was trying to think. I mean. From what we've seen of uh, of Musa, he might be the best striker I've ever seen United have. Like, if he carries on with this this thing, this this reign of form, and it, and I've got the only problem also obviously with Musa is, is his fitness. Hmm. Obviously, he pulled up again. It might have just been a bit of cramp. I'm not entirely sure, but that's the one the one thing. It just looks like such a bargain, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I just want to extrapolate on that bit because I mean, obviously, you know, Billy Sharp is 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 comfortably the best you know, striker I've seen play for United, but he doesn't have some of the like other things that Musa has and is showing. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty unlikely that Musa is going to score 100-odd goals for Sheffield United because I think if he's, no. if he's on 20 by the end of the season, we'll probably struggle to hang on to him, to be honest. Um, yeah, I agree. But in terms of just what, what he can do and what he is doing in, in what is still quite a limited amount of time, to be honest, in terms of time on the pitch... It's unreal. It's just, it's breathtaking to watch sometimes. And I mean, he, he looks, he looks like he should be playing for a, you know, a much more established team than us. And yeah, I, I, I really, I'm so impressed with him. I think like he's, he's everything that you need in a Premier League striker. When we came mm. on, I think one of the worries was we were going to score enough goals. But Bully Sharp uh, made the step up with McGoldrick. Obviously, we all know about his finishing and stuff. He just seems like I won't say we stumbled upon because we haven't stumbled upon him. It's obviously a lot of research has got into that that signing. I think for the, I mean, he's got to at this particular moment in time, he's got to be one of the most dangerous strikers in the entire Premier League, which is an incredible thing to say. But I, I really do. I mean, I look, I watched the game last night, Newcastle and um, Villa. I won't hmm. take Wesley. I won't take uh, what's the guy called Maxim San Maximan. I yeah. think it is. Joe Linton. They've all got talents and stuff. Would you swap any of them for Musa? No chance. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, everyone on that, that bottom half of the table, maybe you could argue Puke. I don't know. I mean, they're different sort of mm. players, but I can't see any striker up there who, who I'd take at this particular moment above Musa. No. and I, I, Yeah. I, I, I mean, apart from anything else, the fact that he's 23 and I think Puke's 29, isn't he? I yeah, mean, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a conversation. I mean, just that, that was it. That's why... You know, ten million felt like a lot at the time in terms of like, whoa, broke our transfer record for someone that's barely played for three years. But it's one of them that just had like massive potential upside, and it, particularly in terms of resale value, I think. You know, being a twenty-three-year-old striker who's you know played in the Premier League for a few years, that is worth a lot. But yeah, it's, and he it's seems so a good really to... good lad as well. He seems to be really. It's obviously the only well, him and Bessick are the only people not from Britain, aren't they, in, the, in this squad? And, and you do wonder. I mean. I don't know, this might be xenophobic to a degree, but you do wonder with certain players coming from other countries and things, how are they going to fit into this you know, culture that we've created at Sheffield mm. United? But he just seems to be like unbelievably well-liked. He seems to be loving it, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't think that is xenophobic. I think that's a really, like, uh, a really salient point, to be honest, that we, 
you know, it's a strength and a weakness, our kind of uh, old British squad, if you yeah. like. I mean, we've always worried, haven't we, about bringing play people in from uh, other countries just because of how the squad is. How, how it's a bit of a, I won't say, it's, this sounds awful, it's not a drinking culture as such, but uh, an old school sort of, you know, mm. load of British lads just going out, fighting for each other. And you do wonder how people from different cultures are going to fit into that, but he yeah. seems to have just fitted in. Absolutely, yeah. Different cultures, different languages. You know, it's mm. yeah, it's uh, you know, we're we're not a continental side as it stands, and eventually we're going to have to, uh, you know, if we're going to if we're going to progress as a, as a squad, then you know, we're going to have to bring in more people from outside of Britain, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless we are going for a, a true throwback, like <laughs> all British team dominating the English league, which would be would be very bizarre. But yeah, you're right. He's uh, he seems to be. Joking. I just I don't know. He, he seems quite. Yeah, when he scores, he never seems to like go bananas or anything, does he? I swear he's shown more emotion when he's actually set one up. Yeah, he's uh, he's he just seems so confident in his own ability, doesn't he? He seems like he's sort of, I don't know. I imagine like when when you see McBurney score, he looks stunned. Yeah, <laughs> but he scored, and, and the same same thing happened with Sharp when he scored, and Robinson went mental. Mm. Moose, they just see it's almost as if like, well, yeah, obviously I've scored. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure because we, you know, we always have a bit of fun with, uh, you know, Brentford's kind of like, oh, O'Connell and Egan won't get in our team, like, mm. la la la, kind of thing. We're surplus to requirements, but I do think with Moose, I think it's that is uh, a move that's just good for all parties. I think from Bournemouth, and it's yeah, you know, I'm sure Bournemouth will still look at Wilson and King and be like. Well, these two are actually, you know, good. Good for Musa. He's doing well, but Wilson and King are probably better. And I think it's, you know, even at this stage, it's it's hard to argue with that. I think from no, their obviously they're proven. They've they've proved it, and you can't knock Bournemouth for not. It, it, you can't knock Musa or Bournemouth for Musa not getting in the team with the players they've already got. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, very very good to see him get his uh, his fourth goal of the season, uh, and he's he's back ahead of Lundstrom as a top scorer. Um, so what happened then? <laughs> we're 2-0 up. This is the big question, isn't it? I mean, we're 2-0 up and we're absolutely smashing Manchester United. I mean, it, we're not raining in shot after shot at this point, but we look like we're going to score almost every time we go. Mm. Yeah, almost every time we want to go forward, really. And We were right. just comfortable as well. I think defensively yes. we were comfortable as well. I don't think it was just the, the attacking sense. I think we... After the second goal, we we did drop off a little bit in terms before their ten minutes bell. We did we did drop off a little bit in terms of attacking, you know, an intensity, and we probably didn't push forward quite as much. But we looked like we were just going to easily see that game out. Yeah, I, that that was very much what what how I thought it as well. Um, actually, I just want to jump back to this. I forgot to mention it at the start. So uh, we kicked towards the cop in the first half. Mm. Which I think is the first time. I don't know. Might have happened in the uh, it happened in the Palace game. Palace well, match, yeah. Now, as far as I'm aware, that is as a result of a coin toss, and then uh, the winning captain says which way he wants to kick in the first half, which suggests that Harry Maguire won the toss and decided <clears> to turn us round and say, "No, well, you're not having. Uh, you're not kicking towards the cop in the second half." Harry Maguire, obviously a ex United player, yeah. a United fan, knows. I think most United fans would say always want to kick towards the cop in the second half. I don't know yeah. why. It's just what we're used to, I guess. Yeah. So I just wanted to, I mean, it, do you think that was smart or cowardly? I mean, I thought the fact that he'd even thought about it was quite revealing and, and showed a little bit of fear, I think, of what I might th- be I coming. Think, I think they did everything they could to nullify They changed the tactics. They obviously kicked towards the cop. This is Man United, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> This is sort of, 
I don't blame him for doing it because I think the. It, it, I, it's, I'm trying to look at this from an outsider's point of view. Sheffield United away, the way we've been playing, massive like full house atmosphere is going to be amazing. It seems a tough game, <laughs> mm. so I can't blame him for doing it. I don't think it's cowardly to be honest. I think they're just trying to do the the small amount that they can to to win the game. You know, the little things, try and get those right things right to win the game and. I don't think it worked, to be completely honest, even despite what happened in the second half. No. Uh, yeah, I'd go, maybe cowardly's probably been a bit sort of uh, <laughs> clickbaity there, I suppose. But yeah, just... <laughs> just the like fu- Durham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't at me. Um, just, yeah, just the fact that he'd, they'd even considered it, um, I, I took that as, I don't know, as a compliment, but just like another... Another chink in the armour of like these guys are actually worried about us, and I think just to segue a little bit here, I mean, you know, I talked to James York, the uh, stats bomb head of analysis, about um, before the Spurs game, and he was saying, you know, it'll be interesting to see how United cope when teams start, you know, trying to nullify them. But I and I, I said to him at the time, but I was like, teams are doing that. We see teams play with a back three yeah. for like the first time ever essentially and that's exactly what Manu did and we absolutely ran them ragged so yeah yeah back, back to the drawing board I think for a lot of these teams well, maybe I'm, I'm I said to you I think privately that I think I'm really it sounds perverse but I'm really intrigued to see the first team to genuinely stop us mm. just to see how they do it and just to see because I can't see we've had it for what for two and a half seasons now this yes. where people keep saying you're going to get found out people will find a way you know, I don't, I can't see why people have got, you know, we're not in the 1920s. People have got tapes <laughs> and stuff of like watching how we're playing things. And no one so far has found anything. The The, the reason we're not going to, the reason we're going to lose games is nothing to do with anything other than the fact that other sides have got ridiculously quality players, which in yeah. my opinion brings us on to the, the three goals that we conceded. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I get to say, yeah, the, um, I mean, this is it, isn't it, with the sort of figuring this out. It's not like somebody's just suddenly going to go, like, Eureka, I've got it, there's the answer. Like, all we have to do is this. It's like, it's actually doing it that is yeah. hard. And yeah, as you say, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if we drop many points because of the way we play. It'll just be, yeah, as you say, somebody somebody being ridiculously talented or is just losing a close game, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. We are a, we're, we're an upper mid-table team. We're going to lose... We're going to lose some games that we should probably win or draw. So, yeah, not uh, not probably down to the system, I don't think. But, yeah, OK, so what happens then? I've got to say, if uh, if Williams doesn't score that volley, I think we win 2 or 3-0, and this is an incredibly comfortable win. And that, I, that... I completely agree. It, I think just the way it happened, it came out of absolutely nothing. I can understand... If they were pulled, putting a bit of pressure on and then they scored, you might think, yeah, that, that were coming. I don't think it was coming. No, not remotely, and and it was a, an incredibly hard finish. It's a it's a three percent chance, zero point zero three xg. It's on his his weaker foot. What is it? His first? It must be his first league appearance, yeah. I think. Williams. Um, it goes just, in one way that shot. He has to perf- get that shot to perfection. And in fairness to him, it was an unbelievable finish. Yeah, it was. I'm just trying to just make sure I got my timings right here. Okay, so there was one other thing that. Um, one other thing that happened, and that was Musse going off. Yeah, of course. Which is also a big deal. And, yeah, four minutes later, they get that first goal. And there's probably a bit too much, uh, you know, causation, correlation thing there. That It's a slight coincidence, I think. But mm. losing... Because Musse had been... Um, he had been sort of hobbling a little bit. This was in the 68th minute he goes off. And yeah, I think, I think he was coming off for a good three or four minutes before... Uh, yeah. Before uh, pulled up. 
which I, I don't think it was serious, was it? I think it's like a tight hamstring or something. I think um, so, yeah. They, they weren't sure. I mean, when it first went down, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it could have even, like I say, could, I, I'm not sure. I've not read it. It could have even been cramp. I've played football before when I've sort of thought I broke my leg when it's just been cramped. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm really not sure. And he seemed okay at the end, didn't he, walking around on the pitch and stuff, so... Yeah, I, I thought it was Cramper, you know, sat, sat on row 00 on the cop. My yeah. Expert medical eye um, picked that one out. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, so he went off and that, I'm not going to say this like completely changed the game, but it, it did make a, a difference for sure because yeah. we don't have anyone like him who can stretch the game so much as we saw in those first 68 minutes. And yeah. um that meant Manu could push more. You know, you got Maguire suddenly, essentially playing like almost a, a left winger, left inside forward type thing. They could they could chuck more men forward because we didn't have the threat to punish them. And that's exactly correct. I think that in hindsight, maybe Robinson would have been a better sub purely because it's a like for like to, to the, the best like for like we've got. Robinson's nothing like Musa, but I mean in terms of he's a little bit faster than the rest and stuff, but. It was that out ball. I think they they were allowed to push forward. I think, to be fair, there were a lot of things. I think we visibly tired. Yeah. We lost as main outlet. We conceded out of nowhere. We panicked a little bit. Yeah. Three chances, three goals is very unusual at any level, which is what happened. Mentally, I think it was extremely damaging, the way the goals came. Obviously, mm. we were cruising a goal out of absolutely nowhere. That does shake... As fans, I think we were all thinking, I thought we had this one. That, that's come out. I know we're only a goal in yeah. front now. That's obviously the players are they're only human, they're gonna think the same. Where's that coming from? And then to score so quickly after people have likened it to Villa, but I disagree personally. Yeah, com- completely disagree. I'll just look in how many shots did Manu have up to that point. So that was the seventy second minute. And a couple um, of long ranges, didn't they, I think? Yeah, so they'd had, so take let's call it the seventy first minute. Uh, they had had four shots in seventy one minutes up to that point, of which one was on target being the um the one we talked about before. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I was like, my, my instant reaction when that in the net was, oh no, and not not in a like, oh god, here we go way. Just like, oh, I can't believe you've scored yeah. that. Like, you know, this this left back making his first appearance and he's just like <laughs> crashed in this volley perfectly into the corner. I mean, I, I think it's is I think it's nitpicking to say we defended this badly. Um, and I think it's also there's no way to say it's different if Egan's playing. So no, I don't. But, yeah. I think like Basham and Bullock get sucked to the ball, but I think they need to. There's two players in the middle at this point, which again comes back to what we're saying about they could chuck more men forward, and, yeah. and that that left Williams, who again, you know, he's he's playing as a left back at that point, not a left uh, wing back. He's able yeah. to get into the box, so I think it's just one of them. It's almost a kind of goal we'd score in a way of like. Yeah, just a... I think Stevens. Well, there were a point where Stevens has stood him up. The uh, who, I can't remember who it was. Who was it on the right wing? Uh, James. James. James puts in the cross. Yeah, and he stood him up, and I. And I thought he's got him here, and yeah. then he got the crossing. I thought, oh, that's... so you could maybe argue that's a little bit of tiredness from Stevens. I mm. think I've seen a couple of people blame Baldock, but I think if you look, Rashford, if Basham misses that header, Rashford's got a free header. Yeah, so Baldock exactly has I mean. to go to him. Yeah, and it's just one of those things, you know. Basham gets something on it, and it and it just happens to go over Baldock's head straight to William who pulls a finish off that he's probably not going to pull off again all season. Yeah, I mean, as I said, now you know. Per XG, ninety-seven percent of the time that does not go in the net yeah. shot. So it is, it is one of them, and that's that is kind of why. Yeah, I was like, oh, don't don't believe it. And then, you know, they they sort of not content with all these overlays, having to take off Pereira and bring on Greenwood. So, mm. I mean, at that point, they got on the pitch: Rashford, Marshall, James, Greenwood, Lingard, yeah, 
all five of whom are, are forwards, is, uh, you know, essentially. Yeah, essentially. I mean, yeah. you know, Lingard's that kind of sort of a, a pressing forward, a bit of a Firmino-type player. Anyway. Yeah. So certainly yeah. how we used him at the World Cup um, 18 months ago. And, you, uh, you know, and it's something like, oh, my God, you know, they've got so many strikers. I'm saying, like, they've got, like, six attackers on the pitch, so, or six forwards on the pitch. Like, how's this going to go? But we didn't have that out ball, and unfortunately they score again a couple of minutes later. And, yeah, I, I don't know if you can, again, put this down. I don't... I don't feel like this is bad defending at all it's just you know you were saying about like we're just tired we weren't able to press mm-hmm. as effectively you know um I think this may be where you could say maybe if we'd brought on an extra midfielder instead of going like for like maybe we'd have another body in midfield but it just gets worked around to Rashford and we're not able to I think it's Rashford's on O'Connell's the nearest man to him and he's yeah he's kind of, he's kind of stick or twist really and he can't really he can't really go and close him down because then he's got a man outside of him and yeah you know, yeah like fair, it's a little bit of tighter. I think th- this is where I disagree with the Villa thing more than anything mm-hmm. else. Is I think Villa were huge individual areas. They areas were just bad goals, those. They were bad, bad errors. Two from Anderson, one from O'Connell, yep. which they didn't make again for the rest of the season. I think these were very, very, very minor mistakes that got punished in a way that we've never experienced before. Yeah, you know, I, we, we, those, those, those mistakes don't cost you three goals at Championship level, for instance. No, and, and arguably wouldn't cost you that uh, in, in most of the Premier League games. No, I, mean, I agree. And I think people are looking at it, and this, everyone does it. People are saying, Jag should have got this, Moore should have come out, O'Connell should have closed down. That's in, in uh, Nine games out of ten, that cross goes in and it's easily cleared. It were a perfect ball from Rashford. It was. I think a bit of tiredness possibly from Jagielka, maybe he got caught in his heels, but I don't. I disagree completely that that would have been necessarily any different with Egan. We've seen Egan get caught on his heels a few times, Leicester, for instance. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I think it's easy to sit there and say, well, that wouldn't have happened if Henderson were in goal or that wouldn't have happened if Egan were... It's just a, a brilliant ball. We're tired. We've put a lot into the game and they just happen to take the chance. And I, don't, I think it's as simple as that with a second. Yeah, I know. That's kind of, kind of how I feel as well, I think. I mean, if you're a Man United fan, you probably go... First goal, what a finish that was. Second goal, what a cross that was. Yeah, Third yeah. goal, what a bit of play that was. And and I think that's completely legitimate, to be honest. I mean, yeah, yeah maybe maybe we could have approached it differently. Or, I don't know, it, it, they're very hard to avoid those goals, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's absolutely no way you can say Henderson would have saved that second one. I mean, he might have done, but maybe more saves it on another day. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Henderson goes with his feet. Uh, is the Definitely, yeah, I do agree with that. But you know, that's why Henderson's what twenty million or whatever is probably. Yeah. Bought, so. And and to be honest, I mean, if if he did get if he did save it, it probably just run straight to uh, Greenwood anyway as the nearest player. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, no no way of saying that's avoidable. Now this third goal, I think is just I think we're just scrambled here, aren't we? I mean, it's mm. it's so fast. So they scored in the seventy second and the seventy seventh. Now, in between the first two goals, there was so there was a substitution for us. Musa comes off, McBurney comes on. Four minutes later, they score. Uh, immediately after they scored, Greenwood comes on for them. They score again four minutes later, and then we make a sub. Uh, Sharp comes on for McGoldrick. So basically, no football has taken place between the uh, between about the seventieth minute and the seventy ninth minute because the balls it's just been goal sub goal sub yeah yeah and, and I think you know and we didn't it's not like we changed shape or anything but I think we are just like completely scrambled and and that really shows with that third goal I think and yeah as I say I think they to... overloaded us like we yeah. did to them in the first half and I think Baldock and Lundstrom are down that right hand side have been phenomenal like the, the the way the work rate and the way they link up and they know each other's games. 
quite clearly they were both tiring, and they just happened to be tiring against Dan James and Marcus Rashford, you know, yeah, who are probably the fastest two strikers in the entire league, or, or up there at least. And right. let's not lose sight that this is the best league in the world, apparently. You know, sometimes teams are just going to get the quality against us, and we just got to take it on the chin. It's, for that 10, 10 minutes, Dan James and Rashford were excellent. I, yeah. I think that, yeah, we could have done better. These things we could have improved. I'm sure we'll look at it. But let's not overlook the fact that we're up against Man United, who sort of didn't run for the first 60 minutes. So they were fresh, <laughs> they were fresh as days themselves. So <laughs> That's a very good I, point. I, I just think that we, we need to just take into account... I watched it with my dad, for instance, and he was saying, like, um, he goes, well, that that's... The Premier League, that's the quality they've got that we don't have at this moment. And that's not a criticism of us at all. We, we're, we're playing to the best of our ability, probably, or, or, or not far off. Mm. It's just that these... How much is Marcus Rashford and Dan James worth now? <laughs> a lot. This is what <laughs> I mean. Like, I, I just think it's easy to turn around and say, you should have done better, that should have been stopped, we shouldn't have done this, that... I think Wilder alluded to pretty much some of this. These are good players. We're not up against, you know, championship players anymore. We're not up against... Jordan Rhodes or whatever, <laughs> you know. But th- these teams are going to punish you for the slightest drop off, and and I don't think it was a collapse. Basically, I think that it's way too simple to say we just collapsed because yeah, because we got three and in ten minutes. I just think there were a lot of variables happened. The way the first goal happened out of nowhere, the fact that we were tired, the fact that Man United have got incredible. The, the only thing we were worried about before the matches, though, their front three, I think, were mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And they turn it on for 10 minutes and score three goals. I don't think that happens in another match, neither. I think it's a bit of a freak occurrence. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I do do have some question marks about uh, Moore's decision-making in the, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. the third goal. Um, that that doesn't go in for me if Henderson's in the goal. And I don't like saying that when I said like earlier about we don't concede if Egan's in. The, the one thing Henderson is brilliant at is staying up all the time. Mm. He never, ever goes down until he has to. I think Moore panicked a little bit, probably with the what had happened before and everything I, yeah. I think Henderson stays up with that yeah I, I, again yeah as you say that that sort of um, just a little bit panic stations just the situation that kind of cropped up but yeah James gets into the box on the left and more more comes out to close down the shot which yeah I, I just I, I'm sure he will look at that and think I've made a, not a great decision there to be honest yeah. and then he, he essentially just laid excuse me ends up laid on the floor on the edge of the six yard box and uh yeah, it's a good good bit of play from James. Do you know uh, what? I want to say something here, and, and I, I thought this after. If they've not scored that goal, we draw 2-2. We're doing this pod thinking, oh, we'll let that slip. In a weird way, I'm, if we're going to draw, I'm quite glad they scored that for the what happened next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Rashford, he may well score anyway if more stays on his line, but it's, it's a lot harder chance. I thought it was quite revealing... Um, if you watch, Jaggy Elka reads the pass really well. He does, really, well. really gets close. It's just a perfect pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think, yeah, probably Moore's thinking, hang on, where's my defender coming across to block this? But yeah, Jaggy Elka's stepping out towards Rashford um, before it's even been played. And yeah, it's uh, it's just a good ball from a good player. But yeah, I, I do think um, I do think it would have been smarter to stay on his line there more. Yeah, um, I, mean, I don't and... think it's a horrendous error. It's not a no, no, no. against Liverpool or anything like that. This is what I mean I... I think it's so easy to blame the players who have, have come in to sort of uh, for the goals because that's just what people do. And yeah. I, I think it, we, we we haven't conceded three in a game all season. We've not, uh, you know, we haven't conceded three in a game since Villa. I don't think have we? Uh, so Bristol City. Oh, so close. Sorry, yeah, Bristol City. Yeah. Oh, 
So you are going to think, well, what what happened? And the easiest thing to conclusion to come to is we were out Henderson and Egan. But I think it goes deeper than that. Maybe we would yeah. have won the game with, with those two. I'm not I'm not sure, but I don't think it were necessarily individual errors that cost us. No, no uh, I strongly agree with that. And you know, ultimately, these two players we're talking about, uh, Jackie Elka and Moore, they are backups for us. You know, they, yeah. They're they're by definition not as good as the players who were playing ahead of them. Um, I think going on to, I thought Jags overall were excellent. I really, yeah, did. I, I did as well. Yeah, I, I was think, about to say that. I thought they both, you know, more alright. He had a fair, you know, didn't have much to do to be honest for someone who conceded three goals, but he no. did everything else like as as well as could be asked of him. You know, his, his uh, kicking and handling and everything else. And, and for yeah, me, more is is a is a sort of circumstance of uh, how quick we've come up. Is it, for me, he's a championship goalkeeper. He's never going to win you a game like Henderson does. But he's steady, you know. I don't mind him going in the goal again for you know the old try. I'd be concerned if he was in goal for more than two or three games. Yeah. But he's just a steady goalkeeper. Maybe we next. Yeah, I think we'll probably go up for a better backup next year if we stay up. In yeah. terms of Jags, I I thought he were excellent. I thought. I mean, you've got to remember he's not played ninety minutes for. I don't, really don't know the last time he played ninety minutes. I don't know if yeah, you've got any stats on that or anything. But uh, he's going to be rusty. He's going to tire. He, he's not. Not going to be on his A game like Egan because Egan's played every game in that defence for a season and a half. I think mm. he'll fine, and I think I've seen a few things thrown at him because of his age, and I don't think it's anything to do with his age. I think it will. He did tire, and his lack of game time probably hindered him towards the end. But I think that'd have been the same for any player that you bring Stearman in. You know, the same thing happens. Nothing to do with age. It's hard to come into a Premier League game when you've not played ninety minutes for that long. Yeah, no, strong agree. I'm just trying to see his. Uh... How many minutes he's played? So last season, yeah, last season he played 329 minutes total in the league for Everton. So um, exactly. So to ask yeah. him to come in, I thought he <laughs> were really, really good. And I, I, I actually think I won't want him to play three games in a week or anything like that. But I think if he, if Egan were out, for, for instance, for two or three games, let's say he got sent off and he were out suspended for three games later, I'd be fine with Jags coming in for those three games. I really would. I thought he played really well. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, so yeah, how did you feel at three two down? What was uh, what was your your emotions? I I was absolutely gutted. I really really was. It was the probably the worst I felt since the Villa game. I know I keep bringing that up, but <laughs> I, it 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 didn't feel like it in terms of how we uh, played the Villa game, but just in that I'm just shell shocked. I mean, we were, yeah, it would just it's really hard to put into emotions, isn't it? Because it wasn't just that we'd thrown that lead away. It just that wasn't coming. <laughs> It yeah. wasn't like we'd gone two 0 up and Man United have had shot and we'd broken. It were an end to end game. We were just dominating and then all of a sudden we're losing and you were like, "That well, that that were it." I, I thought that's it. We're not coming back from that. Well, it probably should have been to be honest. But yeah, I mean, you use the word there, shell shock. That's I think that's exactly how I felt. I was just stood there like, "What? Like, how?" And my mind was just like spinning. Like, how has this happened? What? Yeah, I don't understand. Like trying to work out how on earth we were losing the game. You know, and and the answer is, I guess, what we just talked about for twenty minutes. But yeah. <laughs> in the emotion of a game, it's like, what? This doesn't make any sense at all. It seemed like it. a dream, and I don't want to like go over the top and say, you know, it, it's almost this is awful. But it's almost like when you you get bad news and you go into that state of shock before you sort of process what's actually happened. That's yeah. what it felt like. I was sort of sat there going, no, this isn't. This isn't they're going to disallow that last one, aren't they? You know? Yeah, yeah, I know. I was sort of like, where's the VAR check for that second goal? Surely Greenwood's <laughs> yeah. big toes offside, something yeah. like that. 
Yeah, so 3-2 down. Uh, Basham comes off, Robinson comes on. Um, arguably a more significant change. Uh, well, no, it's an equally significant change. Twanzebe, Twanzebe, Twanzebe? Twanzebe, yeah. Twanzebe, let's go with that. Uh, he comes off for Martial. Now, he's a defender, so they finally take off one of their millions of forwards. Um and I think go back to a back three at this point. Yeah. And it did give us an opportunity, didn't it? I mean, I, like you, I thought that's just it. You know, 3-2 down, the, the the manner in which it's happened, which this game's just going to peter out as a draw now. And I think that was the sense around the ground as well, When it? I mean, you know, suddenly all the... Only, you can only really hear Man U fans for the, mm. for the first time all night, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you know, it wasn't like the goal came from a you know a corner or you know we just got a lucky free kick or anything like that. The actual equalising goal, it comes from a good bit of play and a good bit of pressure from us. Yeah, and, brilliant from Stevens again, another Meg from him. Yeah, and, and and before that as well, Norwood swings a brilliant first time. You know, just switches play first yeah. time out, out towards Stevens, and yeah, he sort of recovers. In some ways, his slightly heavy touch probably helped him because it sort of sucks James to the ball a little bit, and then uh, yeah, he goes past him and. I mean, I had no idea how this ball ended up in the net because I had a, a terrible view of it from the other end. But end up in the net, it did. McBurney, the uh, the substitute, gets his uh, his second goal for us. But some good contributions in that from the wrestlers. You know, Flex bombed into the box and he gets a touch on it. And then I don't want to overlook this bit of play from Robinson. Uh, unbelievable bit of play. I don't. I don't really know how to describe it. It's just. I mean, he's just trying to get the ball across, but it's such awareness to like sort of drag it out of his feet and like uh, you know chip it across towards McBurney. I mean, really, really classy. I feel like he's done something like that. Maybe at Chelsea or something. No, I don't think it was Chelsea, but I don't know. I feel I like he, he has did it in pre-season against. Uh, I, remember, I know it's a completely different game, but I remember against Chesterfield, he did something really similar to that hmm. in pre-season. But on Robinson, I, I mean, we've criticised him a little bit. You know, we've got stick ourselves for criticising him. I I thought it was fantastic when he came on. I thought I don't know if it was because he was playing a little bit more wide than he mm. has been. You know, obviously when he's been coming on, or whether it was because he was fresh or the island goal was giving that boost. But I really thought out of all the subs, although McBurney scored, I thought Robinson was the one that made the biggest difference. Yeah, he did really well, and yeah, gets uh, gets another assist. McBurney, uh, what to say? He sort of controls it on the thigh. Bounces up towards his chest slash shoulder slash upper arm, and then he volleys it into the net via De Gea. And uh, yeah, I mean, a, a really smart finish from him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, incredible quick thinking. And all right, it gets it gets checked. I don't want to talk about this very much at all because I'm just sick of talking about it. It gets checked as every goal gets checked, but this is one where they actually did look at it for quite a long time. Um, and ultimately, the decision is that he has not handled the ball, which is a decision I. I actually took by the way, and it was nearly two minutes the VAR thing. I actually was it? yeah, it were eighty nine fifty five seconds when it went in, and the goal was given at ninety one forty three. That's relatively quick for us, I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's about half the time of the Spurs one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, so my my point is, he, he gets his uh, he gets his arm out of the way of it. You know, he controls the ball and then does everything humanly possible to not handball it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, good finish to. Um, well, my mate was saying like, if he goes further any further back with his arm, he's going to dislocate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He can't get it. He's, he's he's quite clearly out of the way. I mean, I'd like him at Burnley. Obviously, he was getting a lot of stick, weren't he? Um, even in the crowd and stuff, and people. 
I saw people even at the time on Facebook and stuff like that saying, "Oh, we've, he's come on and we've let three in," and he's like the the bit of the the, the boo boy at the moment. And I, but I will yeah. say this about McBurney: he's taking pretty much the only chances he's had this season. That's less really Southampton is. and Man United now, where three chances which you wouldn't even maybe the Southampton one obviously got disallowed, but it wasn't him who were offside. Mm. Uh, the Leicester ones and the Man United one, I won't even say the the good chances neither. No, an opportunity. Like I said, that's a really difficult finish that mm. he's pulled off there not only you know being in the right place but controlling it like having the awareness to get his arm out the way of it and yeah good for him I, I to be honest I didn't realise there was that level of like stick for him um, yeah there's, there's like threads on forums and Facebook groups and and I understand he, he hadn't helped himself with the with whatever off the field stuff and his on the field performances and the fact that he's it cost as much as he did. I understand, but just lay off him, in my opinion. I just think that, you know, he's here. Let's just support him. If he don't work out, then slag him off. If you say, well, that were a waste of money. He's only played, what, three, four starts or something like that? I'm lucky now. It's 503 minutes, so... And he's got, he's got... He should have had three goals and another... You know, he's got two goals in that and another one that he were ruled offside, not, nothing to do with him. I think he's a goal scorer, McBurney. I think if you give him chances, he'll score goals. It's just that... It's his all-round game that needs to improve, and I'm aware that he doesn't offer as much as Moose, and certainly doesn't offer as much as McGoldrick in mm-hmm. in that sense. But you know, you give him a chance, and he seems to be pretty clinical from what I've seen. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's he's had 11 shots total in his in his United career, scored two goals, um, <laughs> which is you know it's less shots than Robinson, Moose, Fleck. Uh, it's, it's half the amount of shots that Lundstrom's had. It's only it's only two more than Norwood and three more than O'Connell. So Lundstrom yeah, I'm with you. I... Shoot from like mental angles. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he's keeps keep scoring goals though, or, or almost scoring. Oh, goals. it's not a criticism. Um, I've been wanting us to do that a lot more anyway. Like even from last season, say shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, but yeah, I, I, I think that's absolute. I think if you think that the reason we shipped a two-goal lead is because McBurney came on, then I don't really know what to say to you, to no. be honest. I mean, I understand the pressing weren't quite as good. And, and you've got to remember as well how difficult it is to, for people to come on. Billy Sharp weren't brilliant when he came on. No one was slagging him off. But, you know, it's it's difficult to come on a game with that intensity, especially as the tide had pretty much just turned as soon as... I mean, did Moussa go off? Moussa went off, didn't he? And then we conceded pretty much immediately, I think. That's That's right, yeah. yeah. So they're on the up. The game's changed. I don't see how how people can blame McBurney for that turnaround really at all. He, he probably he's not as fast. He probably weren't pressing quite as much, but it takes a while to get into the game and stuff. And yeah, just yeah. Well, I feel like thing... it's a bit of a leave Britney alone thing. <laughs> <laughs> going on here. But yeah, just I just think people. Are, it's the same with Jagielka. People picking him up for oh he's too old. You know, Aegon won't have let that in. It's just so simplified for me that people are criticising people for, oh, yeah, just stop it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the pressing thing, like, I don't know. I mean, you could say, yeah, all right, he didn't run around as much as Moussa and, uh, and McGoldrick did. But the thing is, the rest of the team wasn't running around as much no. at that point, And that's why we got in the situation we did. And if I'm sure it would make some people happy if he's just charging after every loose ball at Bernie. But that's... I mean, you might as well play with ten men if we're going to yeah. do that. I mean, that's not that's not productive. And all right, he's you know, he doesn't he doesn't he isn't in the way of what leads to being our goals. But then clearly, neither's anyone else. So yeah, yeah I, I I just don't agree with that at all, to be honest. And um, yeah, I think I think from a, a limited amount of time on the pitch with this one, uh, he did exactly what we needed him to do, and yeah. that's to score 
uh, a very well taken and very valuable goal, which fortunately did not get disallowed, even though I was absolutely convinced that it was going to be. Yeah, just because I think everyone, I think every, you know, I, I was convinced. I mean, the, the longer it went on, I thought, ah, here we go again. I really, I was in the mood to sort of just scream obscenities, uh, everyone insight to be honest because it just it was taking that long i was just convinced after about a minute they're going to disallow this and then yeah. you imagine how we'd have felt now doing this pod because when i when i were like woke up feeling a little bit disappointed thinking we really should have won that i thought can you imagine if that had been rolled out for that yeah. i think it'd have been out i think i really think that it, the mentality of the players would have changed and everything i think it would have been awful Mm, indeed, right. I'm starting. A, I'm starting to stopwatch. Thirty seconds, and that's maximum VAR talk. Right. The thing that uh, the thing that annoyed me, uh, even thinking about it now, is like the fact that everyone stood around in the penalty area. Like you, every other goal that's been disallowed, the ball has been back on the center circle. Mm. So that suggested to me it was going to get uh, going to get ruled out. And you know, I'm going bananas. Obviously, because we're just equalising the ninth minute yeah. with Manchester yeah. United, and then. Yeah, suddenly it's like, oh, everyone stood around. Oh, this isn't going to count, is it? Oh, it's taken them longer than 20 seconds to talk about it, so uh, to, to look at it even, um, so it's going to get disallowed. But fortunately, it wasn't, and that is my 30 seconds on VAR. Uh, Jeff- boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and then uh, <laughs> we've seen this quote from Wilder afterwards where uh, we equalise and, and Neil says to him, what are we doing then? And we go 4-5-1. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he says words to the effect of, oh, yeah, but I think he used a slightly stronger word than yeah. Yeah, he um, said, we can win this. <laughs> and to be... F- oh, you know, uh, we didn't have another chance, did we? But we no. w- we kept getting forward. Like, Baldock had a good cross, uh, nearly got to Sharp. And oh, that would have been... That would have been absolute bedlam if we'd actually you managed imagine. to win it. And, and I, I, but I think yeah. everyone were cheering at the end because of the relief. And I think realistically, we knew we'd seen a good game. There were a lot of relief. And I, I think now it's, everything's calmed down a little bit. Gary Neville said it yesterday, I think. He said something like, it's the sort of game as players you, you sort of forget after you think, right, that were a bit of a mad game. On to mm. the next one. And I think we just have to put our hands up and say, what a game. Yeah, it was. It was uh, It was the archetypal good advert for the Premier League. But that kind of comes back to what I was saying uh, right at the top. I mean, Sheffield United at the minute are a good advert for the Premier League. And Definitely. It's, it's gratifying to be a part of. And uh, yeah, this is a, another... Another just really thrilling game, um, and one that we you know went went for the jugular on, and yeah, I mean I don't, I, and those three goals that we conceded didn't come because we suddenly sat off, which we have done in other games. We just it was just a mad mad seven minutes I think, wasn't it? Rather than and a, and a sort of an accumulation of various factors, rather than us going like right we're two 0 up, we're just going to shut up shop now and hope for the yeah, best. Yeah, I've seen people say like oh we sat back too much. I completely disagree. I think we got pushed back due to tiredness mm. and their their quality which they do have because I keep seeing people say you know oh this is the worst Man U team for ages maybe but this, their worst team is better than the best team we've ever had so yeah let's you know well, in, in our lifetime as well it's, it's still a good side it's, it's easy because they get so much criticism in the press Man United and Arsenal because of what's expected of them it's hard you do sometimes forget that they are still a, at least a top 10 premiership side Easily. I mean, as I said last time, their, their underlying numbers are actually pretty impressive. And even after conceding three goals against us, they've still got the best um, best goal uh, defense in the league by expected goals against. So, and we stuck three past them. Yeah, and it could have been more. Could have been more, but for a brilliant bit of goalkeeping from um, from De Gea. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, another point in the bag, eighteen points now. So, yeah, and I, I was thinking, let me just uh, bring this up actually, but. Our uh, our run of results. I think this was a little spell of results where we were, we sort of looked at. It and went, whoa, that's going to be that's going to be testing in it. So we had we had that draw with Watford, 
And then after that, we're looking at it going Arsenal at home, West Ham away, that's going to be you know, yeah. spicy, Tevez game. Burnley at home, they're a, that's a proper test, Those though, that team. Spurs away, you almost, even with Spurs, a sort of malaise at that point. You sort of write that one off as like, you're probably going to lose that. And then Man United at home, and you're thinking like, can we just get through these five games? And then we have a little run afterwards of, of more beatable teams. Well, we haven't lost for six games. I would never... If you'd have told me that, I'd have, I'd have just said, yeah, you're deluded. <laughs> <laughs> because... I saw those games coming up. The, the, the reason I was quite concerned after the Watford game is purely because I looked at those games coming up and I thought, ooh, we could be dropping here a little bit. To, to come out of that sixth, it's, it's just mental, really, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, all right, any uh, any final words on, on Manchester United? Or do you want to, you're ready to do your alternative I'm ready of the match? for the alternative out of the match. Nice, yeah. I've got I've got a couple um, a couple this week. So alternative man of the match brought to you as always by the Demblades fanzine. Uh, the fanzine written, produced, uh, artwork also produced, all by Blades. Very talented, creative Blades. Um, you can check it out at demblades.co.uk. Uh, it attempts to shine a light on things that don't always get the mainstream attention that it deserves, and that's what we attempt to do with the alternative man of the match. It would have been a tough... I don't actually know who was the man of the match in this game. It was Rashford, I think. When Rashford it got the official Premier League. He also got it... Because I was at work just going through the papers, and he, were, uh, he, he got it in the sun and the mirror as well, which is ridiculous because he played ball for about 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't know who who would you actually pick for United. I, for Fleck, real I think Fleck were fa- absolutely fantastic. I think Fleck and Moose were the two for me. Yeah, I think I'd uh, I think I'd agree with you there. Who who do you want to nominate as your alternative man of the match though? I'm going for Mark Goldbridge. Oh, yeah. Is people probably won't know he's a Man United vlogger. His reaction to the game, as comical as it is, and I, I advise everyone to go and watch it on it on his site because it is funny. He actually sums up the feelings of all of us throughout the game. I think you, in in the space of one minute, he he comments on the uh, the VAR uh, decision with McBurney and how it's going on. And in that just that two minutes, he goes from despair to joy, thinking it's handball to despair again. I just think he summed it up perfectly. Ours went the other way around. Ours went from joy to despair to joy. Theirs went from despair to joy to despair again. But <laughs> yeah, I just thought that he, he summed up that sort of the entire game within one minute. <laughs> nice. Were you? Uh, it, it wasn't him that you were up against on Five Live on Friday, was it? Was it his colleague or something like that? I think it was his, his right hand man, his assistant. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Flex, I believe this guy's called. But yeah. But you wiped the floor with him anyway. Ah, oh, thank you very much for that. Yeah, thanks for all uh, comments and stuff on Twitter and forums and things. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, all, all the 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 praise and stuff I got for that. So thanks for that. Yeah, Cause I was really nervous to be honest when I went on. Yeah, you, you you were rattling off the uh, the cracking points, and I don't think that guy had a, an answer for you. He just got a load of trite cliches. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a deserved victory by you. Right, my uh, my nomination uh, for this week. Uh, I'm going to pick out two Sky pundits, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to hat tip to Dave Beniston here, who informs me. He sits in the south stand just below the new studio in the ground. Michael Owen was signalling what they were looking at after the McBurney goal. Okay. And how and how he thought it looked. He gave us the decision at least a minute before the ref and genuinely <laughs> looked happy for us. And yeah, I've seen other people say this, like how come some of the South Stands started cheering like before I, the goal yeah, was this, given? I've seen this a lot. People saying, well, uh, but you tell me, it might be someone else who said that everyone seemed to know it had gone in before it had been given. <laughs> for me, uh, the referee throwing the ball back towards the centre circle um, was was when I knew it had been given. Yeah. Um, 
and then about five seconds later, it flashed up goal on the. It on didn't the show screen. you the replay, did it? No, on, it showed on, absolutely nothing. Which is um, which is outrageous. They need to change. If they're going to keep with it as it is, they need to change that at least. People need to know what's actually going on. Yeah, uh, Cal Fitzpatrick on Twitter said the same thing happened at the front of the cop with uh, with Brian Dean also in the uh, in the studio as well. They it both. Both him and Owen signalling, you know, what was being checked, how close it was, and then that it was being given as a goal. I mean, <laughs> if you've got two ex-footballers sat in a box informing the fans more than actual VAR, then God, yeah, I think I think that says it all, really, doesn't it? I think yeah, they need they need to, they uh... need to put it on. I mean, I understand in a way why they don't because if it's a close one like that and that had not been given, obviously you're inciting the crowd to a degree. Um, but you've got to be comfortable in your own decision. You can't have it both ways either. Yeah. You know, if you if you think genuinely, oh, that's gonna be that's not gonna upset people because it's that close. Give the goal because yes. that's what we're there to, to. We're there for goals. Man United fans might say, oh, it were handball, really. If it's going in their favour, they're saying obviously it's a goal. We're there for goals. We're not there to stop goals. That's not what VAR's for. Nicely put, and uh, yeah, I'm, I haven't seen anything that suggests that uh, it was handball anyway. So I'm surprised they. Well, I know. I guess I get why they had to look at it uh, in a bit more detail to just make sure. But ugh. anyway, um, the only other one I was going to nominate is uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for, for recognizing that Phil Jones is not a footballer. It, it took him 45 minutes of evidence, but it's like, no, my my initial thoughts was correct. Phil Jones is not very good at football. Yeah, and, and Solskjaer as well. I mean, he, uh, they had to take a risk, but you know, they they really did go go gung ho, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. I suppose. Yeah, it was. Uh, I guess it was all that was left to, left for him to try, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, as much as I want to hat tip to your uh, your your efforts on uh, on Five Live against uh, what was his name? Was it Mark Goldridge? That, that's I, I was up that, against Flex, but yeah, Mark, Mark Goldridge, who I've nominated for Goldridge, the Man of the Match sorry, yeah. this week. Yeah, I do, and, and yeah, I, I agree. Go and check that out because it is <laughs> it's a pretty funny few minutes on uh, on his social media. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with the Sky pundits for. For helping us all out in the ground and um, making us all feel better about yeah. uh, about what was happening. So, <laughs> good job. Uh, so, they are the winners. I'll go Michael Owen and Brian Dean this week. Always good for a, a Blade to win the alternative man of the match, especially when he's not even on the pitch. I bet you never uh, thought you'd have gone for that duo before, <laughs> before the <laughs> what, season what, what, what a strike partnership that would have been. <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Only there. Yeah, Dean was still playing in like 98, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, not for us. Um, <laughs> long since sold. Well, he actually but... didn't. He was playing for us in '97 because he came he... back, didn't he? Uh, well, he technically came back in 2006. Oh, of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah. Almost, almost scored against uh, Palace. I think it was yeah. in the last home game, wasn't it? Um, yes, they are the winners of the Denblaze Alternative Man of the Match Award. Don't forget to check out the next issue of the fanzine, which is the sticker book edition and is very limited edition. So if, you, if you're if you not an annual subscriber, I think there's only 300 of these being made and when they're gone, they are gone. So if you're not a subscriber and you just want a one-off and uh, I think you definitely will want a one-off if you actually go and uh, check it out, then uh, hurry up and get that at denblades.co.uk. All right, mate, let's have a, a quick break and then uh, we will quickly talk about Wolves just to wrap up. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. If you like me, football and a few beers go together very nicely. And Beer52 are offering a free case of their hand-picked beers to BladesPod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash bladespod, sign up, cover just the £4.95 for postage. They will send you a case of eight free beers. 
These aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer. They are on a mission to find the best beers out there and deliver it to their members each and every month. So if, like me, you like trying something new when it comes to your beer, Beer 52 is definitely the one for you. Beer 52 don't hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. If you sign up before the 17th of December, you'll even get them before Christmas, which sounds pretty good to me. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You can get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the number's 52.com slash bladespod. Cheers, now back to the pod. All right, just to finish off this week then, obviously we play uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers away on Sunday. We're, we're now into the, the run of games on uh, on weird days, aren't we? What do we do? It's yeah. Sunday... I think it's Sunday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday is, is four games in a row, isn't it? Are we... It's Sunday, then it's this... Is it... Yeah, it's this Thursday, isn't it, Newcastle? Not, not Obviously not this Thursday, sorry, the one after. The, the one next. after, yeah. Yeah, so so Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, then back to Saturday again? I think so, yeah. So yeah. I'm including the Man U game as a, another Sunday... So uh, yeah, yeah, weird, weird run. And uh, who would have thought it? Wolves, Sheffield United, fifth versus six in the Premier League in uh, in December. Actually, it will be, won't it? That yeah, yeah. December. Did you see that tweet by any chance? Uh, I may need some more information. Oh, on yeah, you've got to be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was from a Wolves fan, and he said, "Imagine waking up, uh, someone up from a coma." Uh, and telling them it's fifth versus sixth in the Premier League and next Sunday. And they're like, class, Man U Arsenal? No. Chelsea Spurs? No. North London Derby? No, pal. Sheffield United Wolves. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Um, Wolves are a team that we've played a load, and I don't really, and this is going to sound weird because uh, there's one very high-profile defeat to them, I don't really have bad memories of Wolves at all. I don't, I don't ever feel like there's a particular amount of needle apart from... Didn't uh, Kevin Muscat play for them for a bit? He did, um, he did. Yeah, that was always, uh, as, um, as the Four Blades in a Pub podcast very eloquently <laughs> talked about a couple of weeks ago, there was there was a little bit of spice between Sheffield United and Kevin Muscat, particularly when Neil Warnock was manager. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think particularly the, the way they've evolved in um, the last few years, I... I, I, I I'd love to watch it. Yeah, to be they are, I mean, they're really good. I think this is going to be really, really difficult. I say this every week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think. I mean, they've only lost two all season Wolves, which true, is yeah. incredible given the, the the obviously the Europa League. The only thing I think mm. the, one of the things we've got going in favour is they're playing Thursday night, aren't they, in the Europa League away? At, I think it's is it in Switzerland or Portugal, mm. something like that. Um, so you know you're hoping they're going to be a bit tired but the last few games they've come back they've actually drawn and played I mean against mm. Newcastle they dominated the second half after the oh. European break and I've, I've seen them a few times this season and they are impressive and I think obviously the, the amateurs didn't they a couple of seasons ago uh, at Molyneux uh, really yeah. completely outplayed as they're one of the few teams who's come up against this system before as well uh, we're a better team now but they're a better team now as well so I think it's mm. going to be really difficult they, they like to play on the break a lot they, they they like to soak up. They've got a, a bit like Man United, got a massive amount of pace. I think it's going to be really difficult. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a uh, it's a close. If you look at a lot of the the sort of stats between us, we're, we're very very similar in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, they don't shoot very much. They 11.7 shots per game, 10.4. They don't have the ball a lot. They're like us, they have less than 50 percent possession. Very strong in the air. We're fourth and second in aerial wins per game. So. Yeah, stylistically, I think this will probably be quite a, a close-run thing. I mean, 
I looked at their recent matches. They have had quite a nice little run of fixtures, yeah. and, and potentially they would have looked at us as uh, the latest in that. To be honest, I mean, well, I was just looking ma- on their forum before actually, and they they're actually saying this could be the toughest game they've got out of the next five. And the next five, they've got West Ham, Brighton, Tottenham, and Norwich, which again mm. is a pretty decent run on paper, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So they, I mean, they they beat Man City um, about five games ago. I think it was four yeah. five games ago, which is obviously, I mean, that was incredible win for them and and yeah their their counter-attacking strength very much to the fore in that one with the with Traore particularly who's a a proper live wire player um they beat Bournemouth who played 50 plus minutes with 10 men they drew at Arsenal which I mean even Southampton drew at Arsenal last week um they drew at home to Southampton and then they got a 2-1 win over Villa 2-0 win over Watford and I don't want to, yeah, I'm not sort of denigrating wins in the Premier League because <laughs> give me those results against those teams, I'd be very happy. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a nice little run for them with the fixture list, I think. I'm not, I don't want to overestimate, sorry, I don't want to underestimate how good they are, I suppose. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe this will be a tighter game than perhaps we uh, we would have thought. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I say, looking at what Wolves fans are saying and stuff, there's a bit of a debate about uh, whether we are as good as they were last season, which I think is a massive compliment to how well we've started, to be honest. yeah. No Some people are saying we're going to drop like a stone after Christmas. Other people say, no, they've got a good side. And I think it's probably somewhere in between, isn't it? I, I, hmm. I think that we, we probably will, you know, we are going to go on a run. I still believe we're going to go on a run where things don't go right for us and stuff and we and people are going to say the bubbles burst and all that but I think just from the way we're playing I think we're I don't oh, tempting fate here big time but I think we're just pretty much we're probably too good to ever go on a on a, so much of a horrendous run that it's going to lead us into big trouble yeah I mean even that run that run after around Christmas with you know Liverpool and yeah. the two City games and stuff I mean it's very possible that we lose four or five games in a row there. You know, just say we lose at home to West Ham, like just a, you know, a kind of fluky game that goes one way or the yeah, other, that kind yeah. of thing. But I just, yeah, I just, I, I don't see, yeah, I, I just think we're too good to And the mentality kind of has been down. shown. I mean, I thought we got a little bit of, not, not a lesson, that sounds like it's, that's a bit harsh, um, not a lesson on Sunday, but there's things that we can improve on, things that we've probably learnt in that match. It's just mm. with it with, with a point after all that, you know, Hats off to him. I, yeah, I'm re- I'm more confident now than I, I've been at any point throughout the season, which is probably obvious. I, but. <laughs> I think you've got to be, haven't you? I yeah. mean, yeah. The other thing with that, uh, with with the fact that we drew with Manu, I think if we were on say ten points like Norwich are right now, and and even if we don't, even if we had the same result of three all with Manu, and the game had gone the same way, we'd be like, oh, that's two points dropped there, and you know, we really needed that win. We've got to we've got to hang on to these times where we're ahead of teams and get these wins but we're just playing with house money at the minute aren't we I mean you know we're like yeah one more point that's great thanks very much it's not I think it'd be a much bigger deal that we blew that lead if we were like in the relegation zone at this point yeah 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 we're sat looking very comfortable but yeah um... it's quite funny like when I've like sort of looked at neutral fans and stuff and they've all said sort of things of Oh, I don't think Sheffield United will carry this on once he comes. I think they're only going to finish about 13th. Give, give me, it. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think we. That seems fairly likely. To be yeah, honest. yeah. I'll, I'll give, give me 13th. It's not. I don't think realistically any of our fans, or I'd say 90 percent of our fans, actually think we're in contention for the Europa League or anything like that. So these sort of, I won't even say it's a back. They're sort of trying to insult us in a way, I suppose, by saying they're not good. I agree. We're not good enough to get, get in the top six. I don't think so. No, but we are. We are pretty good. But yeah, uh, I think Wolves. Um, like comparing last season, uh, 
with United this season. I mean, I think they have a, a level of individual quality which is really, really hard to match. I mean, uh, Neves, obviously. Moutinho's a great signing for them. Jimenez as well. I mean, he's he's been, uh, I think, their best best player this Brilliant. season. Triore yeah. is either going to be the worst or the best on the pitch, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, the name of the goalkeeper's temporary slipped my mind. Uh, but, uh, Bru- oh, yeah. Patricio, isn't it? Ru- Patricio. Ruiz Patricio, yep. that's it, yeah. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, Cody, obviously, mm. uh, fond memories of him playing uh, fairly briefly, if you know, half a season or so, but part of that um, that Cliff team that had the cup runs. Yeah. Um, They're yeah, a good side. I think out of, out of yeah. the what you'd expect the usual top six or seven to be, like including Leicester, they're the next best, aren't they, I think? Yeah, I think that's a realistic... I mean, it was it was true last season. I think it's a realistic expectation from this season, definitely, to yeah. be that that best of the rest type team. But with with the state of uh, you know Arsenal, Man U, Spurs at the minute eighth, ninth, tenth, um, mm. yeah, there's, there's, they will feel there's no reason they can't finish um, finish fifth. It looks like being a top four this season with uh, with other teams just scrapping to try and catch up to them. I think yeah, so, and that seems yeah. it. Yeah. Looking forward to. It. I don't think we're on TV, are we? Is this, uh, is no, this I don't think so. No, um, so it'll be a lot of uh, scrabbling around on the internet. I think, but yeah, I don't think it is on TV. I don't know what you could possibly mean. No, sorry, that. yeah, that, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, just, you know. Try, trying to keep up with the result. Yeah, you know? like the like C-Fax sort of. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Uh, so, yeah, we get a good a good week-long break to uh, potentially get um, Egan fit again. Any any issues over Moose? Hopefully he'll be able to uh, be able to shrug them off and start. And obviously Henderson will come straight back into the team as well. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I don't... Uh, I think we've said this a few times, but we've got so many points on the board at the minute relative to the games played that it's like, if we lose this, I doubt I'm going to really worry that much. No, I mean, no. Just... I mean, obviously, we're going to lose soon. We've we've not lost in six, which is... I never thought we'd do that in the Premier League. I really didn't. So we are going to lose soon. Let's just not lose as, you know, about <laughs> when, when that inevitable thing does happen. We've got Wolves, uh, Wolves away, Newcastle at home. Then it's uh, Norwich away. Give me six points out of that, or even Oof. five, I'll be all right with that. Six points, it'd be a very happy Christmas yeah. into December, that. I, oh. I just think, yeah, five points, fair, fair. In fact, if we draw every game now until the end of the season, I'll be happy, because that'll give us enough points to stay up. So what would we finish on? I know you've been, I know you've been silly. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. What was We played 13, so there's 23 games left, so we'd have 41 points. Yeah, we'd probably finish 15th with that, to yeah, be honest. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah. It's all Which, worked out that to, to 40 points, I think, we'd, it's another seven wins in 23. Hmm. Does that make yeah. Does that work out? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, so that'd be 21. That'd take us to 39, and then seven you've got to figure... Draw. Yeah, exactly. You've got to figure we're going to draw a few games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So seven wins and a draw in the next 23. With the way we've played, you've got to be confident. Certainly think so. Um, all right, buddy, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Have you got any more media appearances you, uh, you want to tell people about? <laughs> I've got about? no media appearances this week. No, I'm uh, laying low. Uh, I'm going to rush <laughs> this week. But, uh, yeah, um, I might, I'm going to try my best to get a neutral fans view from the Man United game tomorrow, but I've got a few things on, so don't. You know, that's not. I'm not signing any contract for that, but yeah, I'll try and get it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Well, look forward to that if it does indeed transpire. And that's on roysviewfrom.com, as always. That's out, yeah, at Panchero on Twitter. Good man. All right, buddy, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Great, uh, just a, a thrilling game, to mm. be honest. I mean, just uh, just great to be a part of, to have, to have experienced that. And uh, yeah, shame, shame we didn't get the win, but in, in some ways, you know, it was kind of the... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I mean I think this is kind of what you said earlier, but 
there was a bit more drama involved than had we just coasted to a 2-0 win over Man United and yeah, maybe maybe in some ways that means it'll live in the memory uh, that, even that, longer. That that too, if it had finished two two, would have been definitely in a much lower mood now. The fact that mm. the third and we come back, what well, you just just try and look at it as what it was, which were an incredible game. Yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, one to feel very proud of, I think, and uh, yet another point for the Blades. Yeah. And uh, yeah, move on to Sunday. Hopefully, get some more. All right, mate. I'll uh, I will catch you later. Thanks very much for your time, Cheers, as always, mate. and uh, we'll we'll catch up after the Wolves game. Yep. Yeah, thank you.